Come in, Ray. Pickman! I saw it, I saw it, I saw it! It's right here, Ray. It's looking at me. He's an ugly little spud, isn't he? I think he can hear you, Ray. Don't move. It won't hurt you. What happened? Are you okay? He slimed me. That's great! Actual physical contact! On all the major platforms. Yeah. This episode has been brought to you by Article Furniture. <laughs> there we go. You know, this is this is we're getting far off base here again, boys. But uh, yeah, we're remember that rambling. There's this podcast. We all know it. We all love it. Ninety nine percent invisible. It's a design podcast. We're often. It's like one of the most popular ones. This guy who runs this show, Roman Mars, right, would read ads on his show in such a way that would literally make me tear up. Great voice. I mean, I'm Roman Mars. Like this guy was like, you know, selling me like project management software, but I was balling up. I was like, I was losing it. What the we fuck? Talking, we're talking what, March 2020? When yeah. everything would make you cry? I think it was pretty That, that was a real watershed moment. Everything was everything made me cry in March 2020. Yeah, I yeah, I was crying at commercials. Podcasts. Roman Mars would be like, "You miss seeing your mom. You, you can see her with this new Peloton bike. <laughs> <laughs> Ride together, where where your coworkers get together and talk about uh, ideas that change the world. Squarespace." <laughs> He is good at it. It does feel He's like. So good. Well, good, 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 good. Oh, it's you. Okay, but I didn't know you had your license. Because uh, at the one I work at, there we're kind of in the midst of a collective bargaining agreement with the uh, sound professionals who want nice. more money. Uh, and I think the problem is that they, they want more money than we typically make on a normal show. So it's like, obviously not going to work. Right. So they're basically pushing you guys to raise ticket prices. Essentially. But as I was just explaining to Nick, like we we basically operate with, uh, you know, kind of DIY rules. Like we have a bag with some cash in it. People come and put more cash in for the bands they want to see. And we pay everyone with that money. Um, so it's not like <laughs> uh, there's a real structure in place to systemically raise prices. Uh, to compensate for that increase. So it's it's kind of, it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out and like what the agreement is because, uh, yeah, I've never had to deal with something like this before. It's new what's territory. The, what's the place where you work? Uh, the UFO factory. You ever been just, there? I don't think I ever went there. I think it's a little, I think it's a little bit uh, after my time that it came when did, you, when did you move? The end of 2013. It was around. You've probably been there. Maybe. 
I, I would be surprised if you've never been there. Um, okay. It's possible. <laughs> I don't remember it. I, I feel like I, I kind of restricted myself to like either bars or just if my friends were playing music, but I didn't really go to too many shows of like touring musicians who were coming through Detroit. Yeah, there's not too many of those in general, I would say. No, severe. I mean, I think we lost like, we lost a lot of stages over the last 10 years. And like COVID was a, a, a big, you know, it wasn't even COVID. It was just the rising costs of doing anything. That yeah. was like the main reason why so many of these places went under. I'd imagine that there's a bunch of like, DIY spots that we just don't know about and might not ever know about. Um, but yeah, it, from my, from what I've gathered, it's like dire out there. Who are the next, uh, you know, who, who are the Gen Z noise kids with the loft? Does that exist in Detroit now? No, I you mean, know. no, I mean, no. anywhere where there's a loft in Detroit got bought up by Dan Gilbert years ago. Sandy I mean, Bledsoe. The loss, the yeah, like the last loft artist loft was was uh, purchased by what's what's that? Sandy Nelson. Sandy, yeah, Sandy Nelson, I think. Like what's yeah. Bought like all of Eastern Market, um, and now oh. he's trying to sell all of Eastern Market. So, funny how you can buy stuff with a great narrative and sell it with a worse one. So, um, and then what was there? Dan Gilbert bought like all of downtown. Like he bought the building that the adult contemporary loft was in. Um, I don't even know, like the well, first wave look, of, of, listen, guys, we don't have to go into it. It's my, a, my, tales old as time out here. You guys can have a, you know, you can have a show at my mom's house if you need one. That'd be really cool. Paula I bet Wade's. they have a great basement. Yeah. She has a good basement. Let's bring back jazz in the park. That oh yeah, I mean Palmer Woods is still going hard on my mom's friends are still going hard on like jazz in houses in Palmer Woods like this kind yeah. the Barbara Bearfield and Spencer yeah, Bearfield yeah, yeah. led thing. I'm seeing that that that's like th that's a thriving institution. It sure you is. Know, honestly, I feel like those are the really the only things that last because it's like people who are very passionate about it, and this is the key. This is why all of this is a problem is because uh, patrons do not value the art that they are receiving. I see quite where literally, Quite literally, do not want to pay for anything. I see where this is going. And it's just like, I mean, what do you expect? What do you expect to happen when yeah. you don't want to support things financially? Well, you know, boomers have a lot more money than we do. So the, the, the music that they love, which is jazz, mm -hmm. uh, gets a little bit more it kind of maybe has a longer life here's here's the way we continue we can continue making far off sounds we might need to take a bit of a pivot here but we market the show towards more like uh you know the learning channel or the home and garden channel and we kind of pivot it to being a uh, um, home and garden architectural exploration kind of show with a little bit of jazz at the end we think a little jazz at the end. Yeah. 
little like, jazz at the end. Are you? Oh, do I you mean it. like the end of the Twin Peaks: The Return, where it would end with like ten minutes of a person on stage at the Roadhouse, like yeah. playing some music? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like that, but it's more like you know the homeowner taking us on a tour of their home and we'll do these like panning shots and stuff oh yeah and then they'll just be someone playing saxophone yeah. for no yeah. reason exactly wait so have we talked to the our uh have we have we are we making the podcast right now or is this the, the yeah, we're on, yeah we're on we, the air we maybe. hit the record button so did we we should do should have we done like a formal have no. we told people what this is all about what why Absolutely we're why not. we're gathered here today Absolutely not. We were waiting for you. We would not do that without you. Are yeah. you kidding? We got the the head right Listen, here in the middle. We can't. We need the head. If we're telling hard truths out here, we're telling them together. Well, first of all, hi everybody. It's Jacob. I haven't been back on the. I I, I like to talk to the audience directly. I know this isn't you guys' style, <clears throat> but uh, I like to say hello directly to whoever's listening. And just say I haven't been on uh, I haven't been on the podcast for a little while. I've been um, just just utterly just under my underwater up to my, above my head with uh, uh, other projects here in Los Angeles and around the world, and um, it has kept me away from doing the the, the podcast. So just want to say first of all, huge thanks to Brian and Nick to, for holding down the fort for these past what like. <laughs> I don't remember the last time I was on this thing, like maybe eight months ago, a year, something like that. Maybe not that long ago. But you guys have been like doing an amazing job. Around the holidays, the college show. Oh, right. We did some, yeah, I remember some Christmas talk. So that would have been about seven months ago. Yeah. You were not far off. Yeah. But uh, continue breaking the fourth wall, please. Well, um, yeah, so I'm back today with some bittersweet news. Uh, that I'm joining. I'm joining my my erstwhile co-hosts Brian and Nick. Uh, I think you know we're all we're all we we've all we've all been uh, putting in time whenever we have it to this thing. But I feel like I don't know. It seems like some sort of a consensus has emerged between the three of us that I at least I'll just speak for myself, which is that I. I love this project, but I, I feel a, a, a kind of like pit of guilt in my stomach every once in a while when I think about how people are getting, how, how our, our supporters are getting charged every month. And we're not, none of us really have the bandwidth or time to like devote the amount of time necessary to uh, actually keeping this up as like a, like clockwork, like a patron, a Patreon supported thing should be. So I feel like it's, uh, I don't know, we, we were texting about it. It's maybe time to put it on pause and uh, stop charge, stop automatically charging everybody's bank accounts every month. Nick, what the? New, new far off sound hat design. <laughs> As an apology to our, our faithful listeners well i don't know if an apology is warranted because you guys really have been continuing to record great episodes and great interviews but it's just i don't know i feel like i'm speaking for everyone here when i should just be speaking for myself but i feel like we haven't we haven't really been able to treat it like a job which is what you need to do if people are paying for it uh yeah i i would definitely agree with that i was you know i, I sometimes listen to other podcasts and i admire the dedication and the time they have to work on them 
and the quality of work that they're able to put into it. Um, and you know, I aspire to that. And I'd rather than rather than you know, I, I, do you guys remember it was a it was a Facebook account called um, Slime or like Ghostbuster or something? It was called Ghostbuster, and it was this like demented drawing of the the Slimer from Ghostbusters. And the theme of this whole Facebook persona was that uh, the Slimer was like concentrating all of his energy to produce a little drop of slime for you. <laughs> and he would say, you got slummed, something like this. And the, the narrative was that he was getting so tired and so overworked and had nothing, no slime left to give to the people that want the slime. And I can't wow. help but kind of feel like, you know, I'm not being, I'm not able to work up enough uh, slime for the people that listen to far off sounds right now. And I think if, if we want to deliver a good high quality far off sounds show and experience, we need to put this thing on pause for a bit. We need to, at least until we have time, like all three of us have full-time jobs that are extremely demanding and no help outside of this. I mean, I'm not, this isn't a cry for help. Don't get me wrong. We're not saying, hey, you know, we need, we need more money from our patrons. We need people to volunteer their time with us. We need this, we need that. Just saying, you know, like Far Off Sounds will be back. Uh, we actually have some other stuff planned, but we need to put the Patreon on hold for now. Um, you know, one thing that is really great. So like over the last year and a half, we've made this podcast and we've had a really great, following on patreon to the point where we raised enough to make one domestic episode basically we're gonna see if we can make two or three but we have enough to make like maybe one episode i'd say two? we have i'd say we you know we're gonna well not to contradict you live on air in front of uh, you can do that it's fine. Thousands, okay. thousands of listeners but uh, I, this I, is I what the in... people are paying for. <laughs> I think we have repartee. Over the past, what has it been? Has it been? It's been, it's been a, year, a year. It's been almost a year and a half. Yeah. Over the past year and a half, thanks to all of you who have generously contributed your hard-earned dollars every month to this, we've raised a little bit of cash. And I think that if we are economical and treat it as guerrilla filmmakers, which is how we've made this thing work so far in the past, and concentrate. Uh, our energies on one particular geographical location and hang out there for a week or so. I think we've got a good mini season that has yeah. been funded by you all. Um, Which was the goal, right? That was the goal. That's what we always said we wanted to do. And I think part mm -hmm. of taking this pause is like, okay, let's test this model out. Let's see if, you know, doing this, the amount that we've been doing it for the past year and a half or so, and then actually using that little bit of cash to, to make some more Far Off Sounds episodes, which has always been the promise. Let's see if that feels good and if it works. I also, you know, just spitballing here, I don't think the podcast needs to go away necessarily. I just think the Patreon needs to be put on hold. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. I think we could, you know, if it, in, a, in a, maybe in a less regular or less uh, guilt producing fashion, continue to like when there's someone we want to talk to or something we want to touch base on continue to release uh far off sounds podcast episodes we're, we're just going to pivot the the podcast to being a guilt-free version of it where we're not expected to deliver an episode every two weeks 
it's not gonna look like uh formats of old right like you take hiatuses we maybe bring this back when we need to raise more money for another round of shooting or something and then uh, we do free episodes uh, as as we feel inspired so I, i'm feeling very positive about the change honestly yeah i think it's a good thing patreon is i don't know there's like rumblings in the in the internet about the death of patreon that this model is like there was a lot of promise in it at the beginning but essentially unless you got in somewhat early and created a big enough fan base now it's kind of like a long tail of like hundreds of thousands of tiny projects like this one which maybe get a you know a couple hundred bucks a month or something like that and it's not really it's not really fulfilling what a, uh, a classic patron is supposed to do, which is to actually make something self-sustaining. It's more like a, it's more like a side hustle. And um, yeah, so maybe there'll be other, maybe besides Patreon, there'll be other things. Maybe one day uh, I will buckle under the pressure and actually do some kind of like web three venture that Nick has been pushing for the past uh, couple of years. We'll do like a, what, what would it be like a, uh, Bixby coins. We could have uh, we could have subscriber coins. Yeah, I like it. Don't don't fear AI. Don't That's fear right. the blockchain. Yeah, maybe we just program an AI to do this 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 podcast for us. I'm sure we could figure that out. <laughs> I'd love a, I'd love an imaginary episode between like you know John Cage and Bach. Or something written by AI, chat GPT prompt. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, this hiatus, I think it gives us the time to like explore these projects because uh, they take time to, to accomplish. Uh, even though we have all of these tools accessible, if you're not using them in thoughtful and uh, interesting ways, uh, it falls flat. So. Yeah. I, you know, speaking of Lamim Young and John Cage, he just, so Max just wrote this really incredible article. I'd highly recommend it. He post, published it in his Clang Magazine uh, website. Yeah, we should give it a bump on the page. It's, it's just, it's, it's really so, good. It's, it's like, um, it's like, a, um, you know, he, he was contacted by one of his former students uh, who was just like, I'm really depressed. Like, I don't know how to make it in this music industry, um, you know, but I, I am seeing, you know, all of my peers experiencing success. And Max just really, like, kind of broke it down. Like, there are three types of musicians, like, uh, who are who are living or, like, <laughs> or who are making, I know, there's, like, three types of musicians. Like, one is, like, you know, your trust fund musician who maybe like, you know, they, they, they may not have their rent paid for, but like growing up all of their lessons and their time was accounted for. Like they were able to spend, they didn't have to like work. Like they were able to practice their instrument and, and rehearse and record and stuff. And so this is, you have your, I guess like privileged musician who's able to succeed in a place like New York city. Maybe they don't have to worry about their rent. The second type is like the nomadic hustler, like grinder, um, you know, living on $20 a day 
or less and or not eating and sleeping on floors and like doing nothing but playing in like four bands and recording nonstop and like living, you know, gig to gig, uh, you know, getting food from the house and, you know, just nonstop like grinding to get there. And then you have to be okay with that lifestyle. Then the third, which you mentioned, is is someone who's I don't want to say like a hobbyist, but like, you know, they're 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 they they know a trade. You know, they they have a job. They, um, you know, like work as a, 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 you know, they work at like UFO factory or they work at a marketing company. Or this was really interesting. Like like so, I didn't. I mean, I guess I didn't. I think I heard this. John Cage, like didn't didn't like make a living as a, a musician, an artist, or a writer. He made a living selling foraged mushrooms and truffles to like high-end restaurants in Manhattan. Him and his wife did that, and he lived upstate. And then also in that article, this is hilarious, who was it? It was um, <clears throat> Richard Serra, the sculptor. Um, who the hell else? Philip Glass and... Oh my God. It's one other like extremely famous musician. They all just like worked at a moving company together in the 60s. David Bowie. Wasn't David Bowie. Was it bit was it Bowie? Bob Dylan. Hey. David Byrne? David Byrne. Byrne anyway, this, this article's really good. I just wanted to plug it and say get after it and check it out. What a fantastic writer. Uh, yeah, it's been doing kind of yeah. it's been going kind of viral. I've been seeing it a lot on Twitter. Oh, really? Various sources, yeah. William Basinski. It was William Basinski, right? Ah, William Basinski. No, no, no. Basinski. William Basinski retweeted it and said he cried while reading it. It wasn't Basinski who was, like, working at the moving company. The somewhere. ambient moving company? That's going to be the name of uh, an ambient project I do now. Inspired the was by all of these people working at a moving company. I think it was Michael Jackson. Is that who you're thinking of? I think it was Michael Jackson. Yeah. Uh, it was Ryuichi Sakamoto. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah Beethoven. It was Beethoven. <laughs> yeah, the dog. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, I think that's really apropos. We're doing kind of a wake of sorts for the, the Far Off Sounds Patreon. I do feel like a one unexpected thing that came about at least... I tried to push this in the in the episodes in the, the podcasts I was involved with was kind of a subcurrent or theme of like how do you make a living in the arts and like what is the financial structure like and what has Far Off Sounds gone through in the past financially and how are we still surviving? And I do think I don't know, maybe that's maybe that is a sort of more structured future for this podcast. Like maybe it's less about music per se and more about this sub question of the music of, of the arts industry right now and what it's like to be a freelancer or an artist in the world and sort of like what structural challenges exist what blockades exist what syst what invisible systems exist that make this really difficult and how do people overcome that um yeah i think that's i don't know just thinking out loud here but i feel like that could be that could be a direction moving forward if i wanted to to re to, to restart this in some kind of like serious or formal way in the future. Trying to answer the infinite question of art on earth. Yeah, I mean, there is this statistic that I read, uh, not to go too far off base here, but there's, it was, it was last year, I think I read this thing about how like, there's, you, you can look at this graph, very simple graph of 
the amount of people that come from working class backgrounds who make a living in the arts. And right now we treat it almost like this truism, like you need to have a trust fund to make it in the arts. But that's not a truism, that's a change that's happened over the past 50 years or so. That's, that's due to external externalities. Due, that's due to things that exist outside of us. And it didn't used to be the case. There was such a greater percentage of people working in the field of the arts in the 20th century came from working class or middle class backgrounds than they do now. And I think that that needs, that needs to be and should be examined quite a bit more. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are real conversations with people that I'm having all the time. Like uh, speaking to like what you just mentioned, like this real sort of reduction in support for the arts, uh, infrastructure for training and accessibility to different forms of art uh has been systematically like pulled from this country like i mean i think you know unless you're going to like a really good high school from a community with a solid tax base uh you probably don't have much music programming in your school or visual art programming so like you know looking at it from a larger lens i think was is kind of always what we have been doing and uh now that we have a little bit more or a little less pressure um to be able to develop these these ideas for for programming uh i think is is really exciting to me because i i know i'm interested in doing it so it'd be fun yeah, yeah, and it's it's deeply interwoven with the Farah Sand story, as we said before. Like we have this unique fable around us, where we started in PBS. We started we the, this whole thing originated in public broadcasting. You know, su supposedly government funded or partially government funded arts and education and entertainment, and we've had this journey where we've kind of like shifted from one sector of society to the next to the next, trying out all these different ways of getting funded and i think our story is is i don't know fairly in, fairly unique and representative in some way um can something be unique and representative uh yeah i think uh that you, you call that iconic <laughs> fairly iconic yeah. yeah so i'm i'm curious to know like so what what are we doing with the old episodes? Do we just let them all out for free now, or you know let question. let let the people hear them? I if think they have it. I'm thinking we just we just let the let the floodgates open. Is that what you say? We let the floodgates open. We flood the gate. Yeah, flood the gate. I, I think all the episodes will be available for free, and you can check them out wherever you wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, I have an idea for a way we can really push the boundaries with far off sounds. I was on uh, my Adobe editing suite uh, the other day, you know, working with some, some footage. And I noticed in the transitions uh, uh, effects drop-down menu, you can do things like cross dissolve and like star wipe and you can have all these crazy edits 
that you the can classics. Put. Yeah. And I think we should do that. Yeah, let's uh let's take it back to the to the AV club days. It's cool when like you use an interesting edit. It's nostalgic too. People like that. People really can, like that. We can push some boundaries. Oh, I'm 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 planning to push. Where did Jacob go? I think he had to log off to go push some boundaries. Yeah. Well, Guys, am I am I the only one who's getting very choppy frozen video and audio? Am I coming in clearly? You're coming yeah. in clearly. It's, it's audio. just you. Yeah, for a second there, I thought you were just like staring menacingly at us, but I think your video must have cut out. I think my video, I'm 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 creating right now I'm in the process of creating proxies which uh from from 4k resolution video down into a 1080 resolution video so my computer's very overheated and overworked right now so it's getting a little laggy yeah that that 4k is really stressing out your uh your ram for sure at some point i think uh you know having the time to work on projects like this is really cool um so i was curious outside of the the far off sounds documentary episodes that we're working on currently to be released. What are what are some things you're interested in doing with the platform going forward to to sort of kind of reinforce the the main goal of producing documentaries? What are some ideas you're thinking of? Well, I mean there's a lot of different ways we could do it, of course, but you know, I think I, I, I we, we, we make good video episodes. We explore interesting stuff and we've got into this like way that like, we're not following like the same formula we did for like the first 10 episodes. Like um, for example, we worked with like fantasies and crystal. We did this um, slot machine music episode we did um what's the other one uh like the uh, cambodia california these aren't like uh straightforward documentaries these are a bit more atmospheric i hate to use that word uh meditation because it's so like played out like oh a video meditation get real um but you know what i mean it's like this more like abstract approach to documentary of sorts and i think having like space to create stuff like that's really fantastic um i think it's 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 kind of open at this point it's you know i was telling jacob like last week i would almost be open to the idea of having okay this is so funny the first thing like pbs digital studios when they denied us from our first like pilot season right they were like ah, we were hoping this was going to be a bit more like vicey you know they wanted an en energetic host with a huge personality and the show would be about them basically, right? I am inclined to potentially even do that, but not the same person each time. But I, I kind of love the idea of doing an episode love where that. we have that like energetic host, you know? And they take us through like a a various, like their expertise or something they're interested about. So I I, I like to just keep the, keep the um, focus of the show about exploring music on its fringes and telling the story of music uh, and the way people use it. But the way we can tell that story comes in many different shapes and forms. 
And I think we can likely get into some really interesting territory. Yeah, I think it's I think it's all about staying staying very fluid and just kind of like doing whatever strikes our fancy. I mean, that's the you know we might as long as as long as we don't have a boss and nobody's giving us money, we might as well not lock ourselves into any formula. We might as well just kind of like be free and playful and creative. But at the same time, like if I'm being honest, I think I I don't I don't think far off sounds is like a is like an empire or like a, an institution necessarily or a career. I think it's a, I think it's like a, a thing we dip into and dip out of and kind of, it's like on the side and, and it just kind of happens sometimes. And it's like a fun, I don't know, or, or, or meaningful experience to come in and out of. And I just don't know. I, I like, as I, as I move forward and get more and more kind of like uh, drenched in other work that, that I, that, that takes up more and more time and realize what a commitment that is. I feel like I'm less and less drawn to or committed to this idea of turning far off sounds into a job or turning it into some kind of like financially self-sustaining enterprise and more just like, this is like a really great side project. And yeah. Something not to take, not, not to take too seriously and something that, you know, something that we don't necessarily need to grow. I think it kind of grows on its own and it just, for some reason keeps, People keep finding it, reaching out to us, and it kind of like has this very, it's like a slow growth. What's that? Yeah. It's like sl slow growth mm -hmm. forest? Is that a phrase? Or is it old growth? What's slow growth? Slow growth. That's what's, like grass or something. What's consult oracle? But I like, I like slow growth. I like things that, uh, that like uh, cliche quote uh, things of quality have no fear of time like if you're doing something because you genuinely enjoy doing it and you continue doing it throughout your life I think that's just really interesting in and of itself right like to see the way things can change uh, the stories you want to tell how you're telling them like over a lifetime, you know, as someone was able to do it. I, I really love artists like that. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a good way to approach making anything, right? Like, so, I mean, I would, I'm going to break the fourth wall. Now. I'm going to speak to you as an audience. I, I think, you know, the only things that are, ever been true of anyone that's been successful or notable or whatever right is that they never stopped doing the thing that made them that way or they're known for and uh it's that they they did it with no compromises in their expression and uh at their own pace and you know depending on what you do that could take a lifetime maybe that takes you a year uh who knows right and like it's how do you measure your success personally right like do you want to live a life where you have time to go travel somewhere and shoot a documentary or a meditation about it do you want to make a lot of money like that's gonna determine the things you're able to do and make so uh you just got to be at peace with it with whatever it is you decide and uh hopefully uh you'll make something cool too so yeah that's my spiel
good spiel. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. And uh, I think, you know, in closing, I would I would also just like to say thank you to everybody that gave to our Patreon and that gave us money every month. And, you know, I know it's not it's not purely transactional. It's like you guys are doing that not because you're getting something necessarily, although hopefully you got something from it, but but all but mostly because you care about us and you care about far off sounds and you wanted to throw, you know, put put your money where your mouth is and throw a little support our way. And it means a lot. And I really, I really am grateful. And I hope that we can, yeah, I think we're going to be able to take that money and make something, you know, sort of like sublimated into some, some hopefully beautiful short films that we'll be shooting over the next year or so. So um, yeah. Thanks everybody. Mucho gracias. We'll see you soon. Okay. Okay, okay bye. All right, I'm, I'm getting out of here. See ya. All right. Peace. Peace.